but I could put a story in your head and open up your eyes. So listen close. This one is for my brothers, sisters, cousins, all humans alive. All right, so we're back with the Juby Take. I'm Steve. I'm Adam. And it's just the two of us again. And we're going to talk Game of Thrones. Got. Yeah. G-O-T. Nice. Oh, yeah. You got it. Okay, so, yeah, the Game of Thrones uh, started last weekend, season... Seven season seven, probably the, the season I've I've been I've been the most hyped for. You know, going into it, every other season I've been excited about, but this one I've just been dying for. I've just really been excited for it. Well, I think this is a show that is, has definitely gained momentum. Yeah, the beginning back in 2011 when it first came out, and I've been a big fan of HBO shows, HBO original series. Uh, so when it first came out, I'm like, all right, hey, I'm in. Right, initially, just from the get-go because of where it comes from. I give them the benefit of the doubt every time. Absolutely. So I started watching at the very beginning, and Adam, you didn't. No, I didn't know that it was... I don't think I had access to HBO at the time. Right. HBO Go wasn't huge, so I wasn't able to stream it. But yeah, I think once uh, once I was actually able to, to view it, though, and once I first saw it, I was hooked. You know, it didn't well, take much. And that's one of those situations, too, where I'd been watching it for a couple years, and, and you had moved down from, from Oregon. Right. And so, you know, eventually you come around to the conversations of TV after we've talked about everything else. And, right. And you talk about the fact that, okay, you've never seen Game of Thrones, and then there's that jealousy factor that comes in, oh, I wish I could watch it all again from the beginning. You know, it's funny that you say that, because I recently had that conversation due to the new seventh season coming out uh, with one of my coworkers. And she had said she had never watched it before. And she, you know, was kind of uh, saying that, you know, oh, man, it kind of sucks that I haven't watched it and was kind of down on herself almost because of that. <laughs> and I said, no, it's exciting that you get to watch it for the first time. You know, again, I wish I could. Absolutely. Well, I think, you know, we have a situation with our executive producer, and I think we talked about this in the past, that I don't believe Joe has watched any of Game of Thrones. Yeah, which is... And he's really, so out of touch with so many things, but that's okay. Really ridiculous. I'm not really sure how I feel about that. Well, we'll probably let him back on the podcast, but he's been on vacation, traveling off to the land of his youth, from what I understand. <laughs> Can't wait for him to get back and hear about it. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, so you had a chance to binge then. Yes, which for Game of Thrones, that's awesome. I don't have the patience for that now. I don't think any of us do that are, that are actually, you know, into the show. But yeah, watching it the first season, you know, and binging that. I, I, I like binging shows, you know. Oh, it's the best. You don't, you don't miss anything. Well, one of the things that I've always felt about Game of Thrones, and the only drawback that I would ever say about the show is they have so much going on. You all have lands. all of the different people and all the different lands and all the different storylines. When you have nine different families to follow. I mean. Well, exactly. But you also end up in this situation where, okay, they have to give you a little bit of each one. And they're only progressing the story small amounts with each one of these episodes. Right. And that can be frustrating. And you feel like, okay, come on. Yeah. You and know? especially when you're you're excited because you want to know what what's going on with Arya and where's Arya going to be and, and what is she doing and when does she become a badass? But then it shows a whole episode of Jon Snow and Cersei, you know? Right. And you, you don't even know, hear anything about her and you're like, man, what the heck? Right. Yeah. That's And, and that's the drawback of, of having 
so many different storylines. Right. And that's the beautiful part about binging. Exactly. Well, that's the thing about binging is, yeah, it just instant gratification again. Right. It's like, okay, I got another. How many more do I have? <laughs> so I started watching at the very beginning. Heather and I started watching from the very first episode on HBO and it's weighed each week. And the show, you know, I really liked it. But one of the things you learn early on is that don't don't have a favorite character. <laughs> because if you do... They're gone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ned Stark was my favorite character. And, you know, he loses his head early on. Right. And so they show you right away. I think that was kind of a determining moment that this show was going to be unlike others that have came out. And, and you know, it was so dramatic and, and there were so many twists and turns to it that it was exciting. And that I think that that part right there, the fact that one of the main characters from the first couple of episodes that that's basically all it was about the Stark family, you know, little did we know it was just basically setting up the, the family and the kids and, and that kind of stuff. But you know, Ned Stark being c cut off there very early, it just set it up the tone for the whole show. I think. Right. You, you, you can never be comfortable, right? You cannot sit back and say, well, okay, this looks bad for this particular character, but don't worry about it because they're one of the stars and they don't touch the stars. And that's beautiful because you need to be completely surprised and completely open to whatever's going to happen in an episode. You never know with Game of Thrones. And I think that's what everyone truly does love is that every single week you can be, have an off actor. You know? uh, yeah, absolutely. So, And that's, that's the fun thing. Now, you know, it's based on the books by uh, George Martin. And so it's, it's a little bit like Lord of the Rings, Hobbit right. type of thing. Because it's based on on a book. Funny fact: on the uh, the Iron Throne, actually, there is Gandalf's sword in there somewhere. Really? Yeah. Okay. Forged in there. Never spotted that, but then again, I may have may have missed it. Yeah, uh, I wasn't too aware of that until I saw it somewhere. So, but with that, with it being based on these books, yeah, then it, it's like any other you know book to movie. It follows the books, but then again, it. You know, it's it's different, so it does and it doesn't. Right. It's if you've read the books, then you're going to hate certain certain parts of it because right. of that. But there was a, a large group of fans that knew the books. Yeah. So you kind of know what's going to happen, and you know with the different characters what's going to happen. Well, I never had that. I never read the books. Right. Right. So it, it was all open to me. Exactly. And I think it was it got around to season six when the movies actually caught up to the books, the season six book had, wasn't written. Okay. So they went to the author and they said, okay, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do with this book? Cause we kind of need to know cause we're making the season for this. <laughs> so it, that was an interesting fact. And I remember reading about it at the time so that the author kind of gave them a guideline of, okay, here's where I'm going. I'm going with Braun and kind of developing his character into being, yeah, he, well, he's the, the three-eyed uh, crow. Three-eyed crow, right. You know, so, yeah. So he can actually go and mentally become, you know, whatever this animal is or the bird or whatever and see what they Different see. things I think he can tap into. and Exactly. And, yeah. And that's kind of an interesting thing that, that they did with that. You know, one of the things that early on, and, and I've been burnt before by HBO, and it's pretty well documented yeah. how I feel about the way Deadwood ended. Oh, right, yep. So there's always that anxiety. Right. It's like, okay, I'm going to get into this. And what are you going to do with it? Yeah. You know, are you just going to decide that you're not going to do another one? You have another project that you want to spend the money on. Right. So early on, they had a budget 
of somewhere around $5 million per episode, which seems like a lot. Yeah, it does. But when you think about the Big Bang Theory, and I think just the cast now is $7 million for a half-hour episode. Oh, geez. Because of what they have to pay. Oh, rightfully so. That show is amazing. Well, it's a great show, and it makes a ton of money. Right. So they're doing this on this, you know, five million dollar budget. Which, you know, how can anybody do anything for five mil? I I have a short list of things I could do for five million. Yeah. So anyway, they. What I noticed uh, with this is as the seasons went on and it popularity grew, then you're looking at them increasing the budget, and the budget went from five to seven, and from seven to eight, you know, and from eight to ten, which is kind of where it was last season. So right. they had ten episodes, and they had a hundred million dollars. So, it, I mean, it's tough. It's it, yeah. it's up there with, you know, the budget of this Hard show. Hard living. So, so <laughs> no, we can, uh, we, you know, and we're able to put out something every week for, for far less than that. But I mean, we try. Yeah. So anyway, so now, okay, you've got this situation where, okay, the budget is going up. Yeah. So now what it's allowed them to do with CG and, and you look at the scope of, of their scenes where in the first few seasons you look at it and it's fairly tight. Even little cameos, too, of like famous people like Ed Sheeran. Yeah. <laughs> Can afford him. Yeah. Shout out to Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Anyway, so, but a lot of the, the scenes were tight. They were you know, inside. So you get further into the other episodes. Yeah. And you start seeing the outside, you know, the grand battles. More of Westeros. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing. The start of that, when you look at, at the lead into the show. Yeah. And they're showing the map and all the different right, and they seem to be scenes. adding different areas. Yeah, and it took me a couple years I didn't to realize. Pay, yeah, I didn't pay that much attention. You right know? at that point, you're you know making sure your phone's on silent and getting your drink ready or whatever you're doing. Yeah, I don't know. You know, or fast forwarding through it. Yeah, you know, doing that too. Whatever. But yeah, it, it was interesting because they did change that a lot, and they yeah. started they started adding different areas that were going to be involved. I mean, it's kind of a, a thing now where, I mean, Kirsten and I, as we, uh, my girlfriend, as we were watching the first episode of season seven, you know, made sure to pay close attention to the beginning. Just, hey, what new towns are they coming up with or new cities are they coming up with this season? Yeah. So. Yeah. Which makes it kind of interesting. You know, yeah. get you to watch that. Absolutely. But as the budget keeps getting bigger, now we're in season seven. So we've had the first episode of the seven episodes that they're going to release, yeah. In season seven. Season seven. Which is this year. Cutting it back to seven episodes. Right. Which The budget, according to what you read, the budget remained the same. So it was $100 million, the same as last year. Yeah. But it's for seven episodes. And they and they took the same amount of time to film them as well, correct? Right. That's That was the, the word that came out, is that they spent the same amount of time and the same amount of money, but they made... Fewer episodes. Well, better now, be worth it. <laughs> well, if the first episode is any indication, it's worth it. Yeah, that's true. It was a killer first episode for season seven. Something that Game of Thrones does very well that a lot of shows have a hard time with is is giving you just enough. You know, giving you the the amount of of content and just enough of each storyline to progress it and make you feel like something's happening, but it totally leaves it to the point where like you're still dying for what's next. And I think they Oh, just, the suspense, absolutely. They set it up so beautifully for every single storyline. Well, as I was just saying, it you know, part of my frustration during some of the middle seasons where they had so many storylines out there that were going in so many different directions that they they didn't advance the storylines really as much as I would like. Right. 
And now as some of these storylines are starting to converge. And intertwine. and So now they'll be able to spend more time. On each one. Exactly. You know, as, as they converge, you know, we'll see more progression. Uh, it, it's just exciting with all the different things. The other interesting thing to me about Game of Thrones is, you know, you have the dark characters and the heroes. Okay? Which there's a fine line between them at times. There are. At times. There are. And they've even made the worst. I think probably Cersei would be considered the worst that's left. I mean, that's left, yeah. I would say the Boltons, for me, was right. the evilest of them all. Oh, yeah. And the most oh, evil. Oh, Ramsey Bolton. Oh, man. What little bastard that was. And literally. Mm. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I'm yeah, just glad he didn't get cast as Jon Snow. Yeah, you were, you were reading that he was up for that. Yeah, he was he was uh, second in line to be Jon Snow. Yeah, he almost got the part, um, but later was cast as, as Ramsey. Um, but man. That That's got to be an interesting period of time where you're sitting there and you're reading both the parts and you're like, Jon Snow, all right, I get to come back from the dead. I get to do, I'm the hero. Right. You know, I get to wear the cool black robes. You know, I'm all of these things. Everybody loves me or I'm going to be this horrible, horrible person. Oh, that, man. You know, uh, okay. Complete opposite characters. Exactly, you know. How do you read both those roles right after, one after the other? Right, you know, so you, which one do you want to be? And then they come and tell you that, yeah, Jon Snow, you're not going to be him. You're going to be Ramsey Bolton. Yeah, you, you know what? You do the evil, sadistic character so much better. I'm going to have to choose you for that one. Oh, and he, he was. Oh, he just, man. just so horrible. That grin that he had in his face. Yes. Through all of it. Could you imagine that as Jon's? I couldn't think that that would be a happy. Well, I think he would play <laughs> it. probably little, play a little play, different. Played it a little different, I would imagine. <laughs> I would hope so, but still, I mean. But, but still, he was when, so. Because it's ingrained in my head now, that, that face and that smile. And, right, and that's, well, that's always the, the challenge as an actor is, you know, the being typecast. You know, do you, are you the really good bad guy? Yeah. So you're always the bad guy. Exactly. And, you know, There's a few conversely, if you're really good, good guy that everybody likes and. Okay, then then you're set. Yeah. There's very few actors that have, have gone back and forth that have been, you know, the, the hero that everybody loves and then taken a role as the bad guy. You know, I think one of them that I uh, recently uh, would say that I, I can recall doing that both very, very well. Um, I can't remember his name. I'm sure you know it. But the guy from Breaking Bad, the main character um, uh, who also is in Sneaky Pete. Oh, Cranston? Cranston. Yeah, I yeah. mean, from, you know, Malcolm in the Middle, you know, and being the silly dad to, to Breaking Bad, you know, and he's, you know, a little bit dark at that point. But, you know, going into into Sneaky Pete, I mean, he's just this, you know, he's not an evil character, but he's, he's you know, he's the bad guy. So, Well, the one that comes to mind for me is Daniel Day-Lewis. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, Bill the Butcher. Yeah. You know, or his character in Last of the Mohicans, you know, and, and or any of his other, you yeah. know, Lincoln. There you know, will be blood. Yeah. So, okay, so you look back over the seasons. Yeah. And you look at some of the bad people and how they've died. And as is the case with any show, when you make somebody really bad, there is kind of a need at that point to make their demise equally as bad. Yeah. You know, it's get them what they deserve. Make the the everyone happy in that sense. Exactly. So when Tyrion shoots his dad and he's on the toilet. Yeah. He's on the- and okay, is there a worse place to get an arrow in the chest? Not that there's a good place to get an arrow in the chest, but maybe on the battlefield, 
you know? If, yeah, if, die if, in pro- the, with pride. The and... optics are certainly a lot better. Right. But he was such a bad character that, okay, that was fitting. Yeah. And then, of course, Ramsey, the, the best, is oh, that, you man. know, he's, he's starving his dogs to, to eat Jon Snow and whoever's left of, the, uh, of that group. Yeah. And so he starved him for seven days. So they stick him in, you know, in the kennel and lets the, you know, let the dogs eat him. Yeah. And that was such a fitting end to, uh, yeah, I really, I mean, to a really bad guy. Seriously. I mean, they, they couldn't have done that any better. Uh, I think that that's something, you know, again, Game of Thrones, it gives you the satisfaction of what you want. I think that they've, they've done really well of, you know, as they progress each storyline, it almost seems like, you know, in the moments where you want something to happen, it happens. But in other moments, maybe where you're indifferent, you get surprised and you get that shock and that awe factor that, you know, it's so it's always exciting. You're getting what you want, but you're also getting some stuff that you don't expect. Right. No, they do. They do an excellent job of great that. balance. So, you know, and one of the early things that, you know, that comes out that is upsetting, certainly to people today. Yeah. But Jamie and Cersei. Oh, yeah. And that was more common. No, you know, I mean, I don't. This isn't actually. It's not know, a like historical historic, right. historical fact here. It's not a particular <laughs> back, time. Back in those days in the Western time, Rose, in, it was. <laughs> it's not. A, yeah, time in history. Yeah. But if you go back to medieval times, that you know, within royal families, was not that horribly uncommon. Right. But then again, it's it's shown in the context of Game of Thrones. Everybody knows about it. But nobody talks about it, so it's it's generally felt like this is this is a serious no no. Right, it's unaccepted in that time or wherever they are. You know, it's it's not okay, and um, they've had but, to hide it from everyone. I mean, yeah, that topic is just a weird one in general. Well, it is, but yeah, it, it throws a weird dynamic into it because totally. you know, here's Jamie, and okay, so the king's his son, but he can't really say he's his son. Right. He can't say that any of those kids are his, and you know, he is. Initially, I mean, he's a bad guy. Yeah. You know, as are all the Lannisters. Right. But I then think, he becomes more of a sympathetic character. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I mean, he is a bad guy at first. I mean, you, you think of him as a bad guy, but I I would put Jamie and Tyrion, you know, as the the two that, you know, kind of broke away from that mold. You know, obviously they're, they, they have their connection, you know, as brothers. With that connection, they both have a good heart, you know, but I think Jamie is definitely tainted by Cersei and has to, you know, follow Cersei in, in all of her craziness. Well, exactly. And and that's, you know, where are the loyalties? Yeah, exactly. But so. yeah, Tyrion, yeah, Tyrion definitely has transcended, you know, being the bad guy. Oh, man. But he was an indifferent bad guy. He was a bad guy by blood. Right. He was more... He always was behind the scenes, almost not liking what was his family was doing, you know, what his father was doing. I mean, he was there to support them. But I well, felt like he but, always had his insight. Right. Well, which, but it, yeah, his father hated him. I mean, he was a drunk, you know. Oh yeah, and that's the thing, you know. I mean, he's not—he didn't have an opportunity to to be accepted in his own family, you know, because he was the dwarf and he was, you know, he's a drunk and he chases women and all of those things. So he was dismissed, right. which sent him further down that path. Yeah, exactly. It pushed the, him away, which ended up being awesome for him. Well, so far, right. Well, the interesting thing now is, is you know, he is definitely in the inner circle now for... For Daenerys? Daenerys. Yeah. And this huge army that's coming back to, to uh, Westeros. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they're going to go... And, and it's funny because not only, 
does she have she has so many different different armies behind her you know the the dorn are following her you know i obviously i think that those those allies kind of came from all hating the lannisters or but i think that uh it's 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 really exciting to have such a huge army and and, and someone that could go and challenge the you know cersei and and take over that city and someone that we've all i think fallen in love with and Daenerys. I think we've all enjoyed the leader that she is and how loving she is as as the mother of dragons and 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 wanting to take care of her people and well right make and sure they're all good. Yeah, and the fun thing about her character is is she was, you know, her brother was the one that had designs on, you know, taking the Iron Throne, right? And she was just a tool, right, to go and get the army, the Dothraki with Rocky, there you go. Yeah, so that so a bunch of nice guys. Yeah, oh my gosh. Well, I mean, even her brother. I, I think I remember I, I rewatched the first episode recently, um, and you know, his brother actually, her brother came out and said, "I would let every single one of the Dothraki fuck you if it meant I could go take that Iron Throne back." Yeah, and it's just like, oh, and the Whoa. horses. I think he threw in the horses. Yeah, at that point right. Too. It didn't even matter. No, yeah, and that was the interesting thing is that's how, that was the way that she came into this series, into these shows was you know, as basically just fodder for him to to trade off and try to get what he wanted. Right. And, and of course, you know, he has a pretty nasty end. Yeah. And then no one understands her powers. But it also, you look at, at the way that she has, you know, freed the slaves. Right. And all of the goodness that she's the tried to do. And, but yeah. then some of the, the backlash from that. Right. And they've showed some, some interesting concepts of of not only how these different things came about whether it was slavery or you know different families you know being rich and powerful but also when you upset that balance yeah people don't always know how to handle that yeah or what to do with that but yeah her character has been amazing and it'll be fun to see how that all comes together you know the group evolution of her has been the group that she's put together and what's going to happen when when they hit land you know, because they're still in the boats. Well, no. I mean, they, they just took back oh, that's over right. her father's castle. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the at castle. The end of the that... last episode that her, you know, that the Mad King. I, I don't think we ever even heard what, do you know what happened? I mean, maybe I missed it, but what happened to, with the Mad King? Why is he called the Mad King? Because he was crazy. Well, But the Mad King, that's who Jamie Lannister killed. Yes. But, but no, it, you know, now. And they abandoned that castle. Exactly. There was no one there. So why, you know, what happened and, and, you know, what, I don't think they explain it. So hopefully they do going forward and maybe it it happens, but I, you know, why is no one there? Um, and I think that possibly, you know, the mad King, maybe he killed them all. Maybe he went crazy and just killed everyone on his Island or whatever. Um, well, no, he was, he was the King when Jamie killed him. So that's how the Lannisters came into power. Correct. Okay. So, yeah, obviously we don't know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What happened with all of that. But no, I don't think that he did anything other than he was crazy and he needed to be killed. So everyone has abandoned that castle and that island. And now they're there. And, you know, the final words of the first episode are, should we get started? Yeah. You know? Well, I think it's time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we've talked about the kind of the transformation of Jamie and some of the things that he's learned and... You know, one of the one of my favorite characters is Brianna, Brianna Tar. Yeah, and she was in charge of Jamie for quite a while. Yeah, and she had made uh, a commitment to the Starks, correct? To actually Lady Stark, 
right to actually protect Sansa, i believe right but her character has just been fun yeah because she's the only one that was able to defeat the dog the hound the hound yeah oh man yeah i mean i you know just I think, straight up you know hand to hand let's let's get this done i love that i mean and there's not even a man that was able to do that no you no. know and so that that's awesome i love her character i love how noble she is how much she truly is there to to fulfill her duty and you know protect whoever she needs to or is oath to at the time i my i would have to say one of my favorite transformations of a character is aria yeah i mean you know when you come from someone that's just this quiet little girl who doesn't really know who she is and, and you know, what she's all about and what she's going to do. And, and all these troubled times to, you know, this faceless killer that just oh, yeah. can mass murder a whole army of people. I mean, crazy. She, she is one of my favorites for sure. Well, that whole, that whole transformation of her deciding that, you know, first she meets the, the faceless one yeah, and he says, okay, give me a list, you know, give me, I think it was five. Yeah. Give me five people five names and I'll, I'll do them in. And she's just intrigued by the fact that this guy can do this Yeah. when it didn't matter who, you know, what name she gave. Yeah. And then she's struggling over, okay, which five do I hate the worst? Cause there's a large list here of people that she does not want of, of people that living. she hates. Yeah. And, and then, you know, her going and learning from the faceless ones and, you know, the people with no names and yeah, that whole thing, which is all really kind of bizarre and weird. Yeah. I wasn't sure where they're going with that at first. And that was a very interesting, you know, part of, of season six where they were kind of, you know, you, you wanted to see where she was coming. And I think that was season six. It seemed like that was the big transformation for her. You know, it was all kind of, where is she going with this? And now season seven is the, you know, finally you get to see what she accomplished at that point, you know, what she was doing throughout the whole season six and why she was there. Right. So let's get revenge. Oh yeah. That's what that's all about. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's, that's what that whole order is about. You know, you just, you, you get revenge, you, you kill whoever deserves it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whoever somebody wants, right. You may I not mean, necessarily I, deserve it because right. you go back to the actress that she refused to kill, which yeah. really got her kind of shoved out the door of the order. Right. Um, so according to them, it doesn't matter whether somebody deserves it or not. It's just, which is not what Arya liked, I believe. No, no, she, she left. She she took everything that she learned and and now is taking it on the road. So you know, moving forward uh, with this in, in in season seven, what are some things that you're looking forward to? What do you? What are some some plots and some storylines? Maybe you're you're seeing how they pan out. What are some hopefuls? Some things like that that you're really looking forward to. Well, honestly, I just want to go along for the ride. Okay. I I found with this show especially. If if you go in with expectations that I want this to happen, yeah, yeah, they're not going to do it. <laughs> so I'm I'm really kind of satisfied at this point with where they what they've done and where they've gone and the way they've handled situations. And so I'm along for the ride. Maybe some things you're excited about then. Well, I'm yeah, I'm excited for well, I'm excited for Cersei to get hers. You okay, know, because and and as evil as she is, you're expecting an, a a bad way to, to go i don't yeah yeah i really don't think that it, the series is going to end with her on the iron throne <laughs> she but just it, dies of old age <laughs> yeah but you look at at the way that she's handled everything that's happened and you know yes she's mourned or in her way mourned 
yeah. the death of her sons and you know, her father, but kind of not really. Yeah. It was more about what they could do for her. And then with her youngest son, you know, stepping out the window after she blew up the temple with half the cast. Right. Exactly. You know, she's like, oh, okay. Well, that's too bad. Uh, he was young. What's next? Yeah. I'm going to be on the iron throne. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in charge. Exactly. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen to her. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Cersei getting hers, definitely something that is, uh, something to look forward to. Um, I would say that I'm really excited because there's only been one scene so far of what you've seen, what the White Walkers can do. You know, what are they, you know, where are they going? Obviously they're coming south. You know, they're trying, they're going towards the wall. They've been going there for a while, but a lot of the clips and even the clip, you know, this last episode was just them walking and they're, they're traveling. And well, I, right. You know, well, you did have you did have the battle scene where they went up against the wildlings. Correct. Yep. Yep. That and, was and it was you know okay let's fight them oh my god let's run yeah and there's <laughs> and and because of that and because of you know that build up I'm excited to see what where they go and and how they're met I think you know eventually they'll meet meet the wall I think the wall is gonna you know, be taking them on. They have trolls and, 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 you know, big giants with them. So, you know, they're going to get through the wall eventually. What happens after that? Does Daenerys eventually decide that, and, and maybe the rest of the world, maybe Cersei, maybe everyone says, Hey, we need to go fight the white walkers. Well, that's been kind of the thought, right? Is that, okay. Yes. We may hate each other, but these people, you know, they're coming for us. Yeah. And, and, with, you know, winter is coming, which right. is the big thing. I think one of the big things is discovering the mountain of dragon glass. Yeah. That they did at the end of last ep- well, episode. Daenerys is sitting on top of it. That's where it is. It's at her, right. her father's castle. Right. So mining the dragon glass. And that's going to be big, you know, because then, then you have spears and arrows and dragon glasses. Ways to fight them. As of right now, you are screwed. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that, that I enjoyed, the, the phrase... You know, I hated that episode, you know, where, you know, Rob Stark and the wedding, the red wedding mm-hmm. and the way that that all went down. Yep. And, you know, again, that's what we talked about from the beginning that Game of Thrones, no matter what, you know, don't like somebody because they, you know, they may be short lived on this. Right. But, you know, Catherine Stark and and Rob and Rob and, you know, and that whole thing and murdering all of them in the phrase, you know, they were like the Boltons. In that, you know, these are these are just smarmy, ugly looking people. Yeah. And, you know, the way Arya was able to finally get dispatch revenge. them was just fun. You know, I kind of knew what was happening when that whole thing started. Uh, and then, of course, when she, you know, brought back all of what was left of the phrase and, and all the leaders and all the people that were involved with the Red Wedding and then took them out. That was pretty sweet. I knew that when she didn't let the, the girl... Right, drink from the from the chalice. Yeah, drink the wine. It wasn't because she didn't think she was worthy. Plus, we already knew that Walter Frey was dead. Right, so exactly. That so, couldn't have been him. You know, you're sitting there. You're like, all right, this is Arya. You know, what's going to happen? How's she going to kill him? And yeah, so, yeah. That what they've been able to do with developing characters, and what they've been able to do with developing all of these storylines, story and and how they're going to intersect the hound and that group that he's with, you know, what role are they going to play? Right. You know, they're not there just, you know, because they needed filler. 
Yeah, exactly. You There's know, the something guy, going on there. I mean, the guy that keeps, you know, being brought back from the dead. What's the story there? He feels he has a purpose. So they're wandering around, you know, heading, you know, all of this is, is heading in the same direction. You know, it's going to culminate in, and I would think a pretty exciting ending, I would yeah, think. Yeah, pretty exciting uh, couple of uh, events happening at the end. And, and I think that uh, just recently, I, I honestly thought that season seven was the last season. And so I was excited to see how it ended and see how they finished everything and brought everything together. But now hearing that they're going to be a, a season eight next right. year um, right. with six episodes. So it's seven, one. it's seven this year with a hundred million dollars apparently. And next year it's six. So most it'll be likely the, the probably fun. is another hundred. Oh yeah. That's, that's the thought is that if this goes well, then certainly they're going to spend another hundred million, which means they're looking at about $16 million an episode, man, just the grandeur of it. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of the stuff is done CG, but then some of the battle scenes, some of the stuff that's that's coming, yeah, I think is going to be a lot of fun. And now the the big question will be: I know when I get to the end, there's no way I'm waiting for the final episode, okay, and watching an hour or whatever it turns out to be. So what I did with Justified and what I've done with any other of my favorite shows is I'll save two or three. Yeah. So I think that's at least going to be my plan. And I think what we need to do is have a party. Okay. And. It's a big commitment. Recording three episodes, or you could do two. It just depends. Yeah. But you could make a day of it and do four. It's true. Then you have to wait a month. Yeah. You know, and you have to stay (laughs) off social media, and you have to stay off of of all the sites that that tell you what's going on. But can you imagine, you know, sitting for four hours of the final four hours of Game of Thrones? It would be incredible to be able to binge and, and really just push through a four hour window of, of getting into that world and how it's going to end. And, oh, we'd have to have um, costumes, man. Oh yeah. Well, I'm Jon Snow, so you can get that right out of your mind right now. No. Robert Baratheon was played by Mark Addy. Okay. So you, you would be Robert Baratheon. Yeah. I'd be Robert Baratheon. You want to be best friends with Ned Stark. That's all it is. Well, I do. I really do. <laughs> He's my favorite character. and But I, I just physically, I look more like him than I do. There you go. Okay. You know, like Ned Stark. or. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then I'm definitely Jamie Lannister, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good call there. <laughs> Actually, if I was going to be a character, I'd want to be Tyrion. Okay. Yeah. Actually, there's a bunch of. There's a good lot of good characters you could be in that show. There's a bunch of good characters. It'd be yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that that's one thing that's been great about this show is there's so many likable characters. As much as there are a lot of characters and a lot of different storylines, there's so many likable characters. So many you fall um, you fall in love with, and I think that part of that's because there's so many that you hate as well. You know, and there's that that clash and that back and forth. Absolutely. You know, and the other thing with that too is I love a show that that shows a full dimension of a character. Don't just make them one-dimensional. You know, Jamie Lannister, who can be just a shit, okay? But there's another side to him. You know, with Tyrion, there's another side to him when he's given an opportunity. There's only been a few characters, and Cersei is one of them, and, you know, there's... Hodo? Well, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, he, I don't know that there's a lot of depth with Hodo. No, hold, there isn't. You mean hold the door? Yeah. yeah. But that, you know, but you get a you get a sense of who he is eventually, but that was someone that was, you know... One dimensional. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, there are some. But you, yeah. Ramsey Bolton was pretty much one dimensional. 
Yeah. Not only did he want to be a bad guy, but he wanted to find the, the worst path to be a bad guy. Right. He just loved torturing. It was sadistic, man. Yeah. Crazy. And, and I think that the, I mean, the biggest thing for him was just pleasing his father being a bastard himself, but right. So, you know, and, and, and good things done for the wrong reasons. One of the horrible things is, you know, when they, they burned the little girl at the stake. Oh, and you know, it's just, it's, it's one of those things that, man. you know, the guy's reaching for, for something to win the battle, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're doing something that is that horrendous. It, it was, he, he did that because the red witch told him that he needed to do that to win the war. Correct. Or the exactly. battle. Yeah. To, I think, break the, some the snow and the, and the cold. Oh, wow. I mean, that's, that takes some faith to do something like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Or yeah. Or just insane. <laughs> just being insane or desperate. Yeah. You know, he was that desperate. But they think of doing these things, and you know, it, it takes kind of a warped mind to even think of some of these things that they've done. Yeah. But they've done a lot of, of development of characters. I will say that the one scene that stands out above all the others as far as it being crazy and just shock factor was the one battle scene between the guy from Dorne, the prince from Dorne. Oh, yeah. And, and the mountain. The mountain, Yeah. Oh man, he had him on the ground. And he st- oh. well, he was taunting him. Yeah, because he had he had killed his sister. Yeah, basically. And, and he yeah he wanted him to die badly. Yeah, and so he taunted him and came within arm's length of this guy, and he yeah it was over from there. And the guy just squished his head. Jeez. Yeah. That's just oh man, I will f- never forget that scene ever. Yeah, there's been some some amazing drastic stuff. Yeah. With this, so we're seriously excited for tonight. Oh yeah. Uh, as we speak, it's recording on my DVR. Ooh. So, and I'm sure we'll do another podcast when we get further down the road. You know, we get uh, maybe to next year. Yeah. Season... Uh, when we start season eight and we can see what's happened and talk a little bit more about it. But this has been fun. We're excited about this. and Yeah. I mean, I can't wait for it to continue and uh, see what happens. Yeah. Well, thanks, Adam. Yeah. Once again, just bringing it every time. Absolutely. You just know, amazing. Just do what I can. Yeah. Yeah. This is it for this episode. This next week, we're we're bringing in Ashley. Couple new guests. Yeah. Never been on a podcast before, as far as I know. Ashley and, and Carly. Yep. And they are going to talk sharks. Yeah. It's gonna Interesting. Be, it's going to be so exciting. This is the start of Shark Week and the, uh, the excitement of, you know, Michael Phelps against some shark. I don't know. They're, they're, is this actually happening? Yeah, I guess so. No way. Yeah. I thought you were just making that up. No, no, it's actually a race. They've got it. He's got a little funny suit that he wears and a single flipper that they've fixed for him. I think it would oh, be good man. if they just put him in a tank and let him swim away from the white, great white, <laughs> you know, and see, how, see, what happens. see how long he could last. But uh, I don't know what they're doing. They're, they're setting it up. They're doing it some way. And I think okay. it's, I think that's airing either yesterday or today or. Maybe that'll come up in tomorrow, in the next week's podcast. I'm sure it will. I'm yeah. sure it will because Adam and I know absolutely nothing of sharks. Yeah. Or Shark Week. Uh, Adam's claim to fame is in grade school. He wrote a... I wrote a, a paper about um, whale sharks. Whale sharks. Yeah. Okay. Had, had to do some research on that. Okay. So you, you'll be covering the whale sharks then this week. Oh, yeah. They are the largest shark out there ever. Right. And, you know, Ashley and, and Carly are passionate. Carly apparently is more into Sharknado. 
which is legit. I mean, that's something that is, you know, out there and it's a it's real a threat. It's a thing. I mean, you got to watch out for those Sharknados. Okay. So this is it for today. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening to uh, some Game of Thrones thoughts. Yeah, we'll be back. Appreciate it, Dad. All right, guys. More perspective of today point them out to me so i can come and join their raid we'll walk around this land with open hands looking for change we'll want to understand this progression we have hand. humanity is killing wheat for this we will not stand i say let's progress in good contest make conference then love our best our onslaught of love will be at an all-time high crashing like waves on some ponderosa pines our love that makes no sense we who spend love at no expense we are a force of passion creating a new faction taking action working hard just for the satisfactions with the abilities to shine so bright that others want to fight because our light is in their eyes ladies and gentlemen we are the skies don't